Welcome to Community College Teaching, where we are sharing teaching strategies in the community college classroom towards student-centered learning. I am Sarah Graywitt, Senior Instructional Designer from the Center for Learning Excellence at Cuyahoga Community College, also known as Tri-C. I am joined here with Professor Rania Asili, Assistant Professor of History at Tri-C's West Shore Campus, and Matthew Phillips, Student of History at Tri-C. So today, Professor Asili and Matthew Phillips will be discussing a digital storytelling project um, from their history class. So tell me about this digital storytelling project. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah, for having uh, me and Matt on your show. And um, well, this digital storytelling project was something I thought about because I really believed that history had to be brought to life in my classroom. I sort of struggle with getting students interested in the topic of history. A lot of my students uh, take my class as a required course to fulfill, you know, um, make their their requirements for their program. So I figured, you know, how am I going to really um, bridge this gap between technology and history? and how am I going to make this work? And I figured, well, why not try doing a digital story? Um, I had uh, seen these sorts of things on YouTube, but I had never really thought about doing that in my class. And so when I met up with Gary and Jonathan here on our campus, um, they, they told me it's possible and that they would be there to help and assist. So um, this project was really designed to, as I mentioned, bridge the technology and his, history gap to make students see that history can be applied. It's not just learning the data, but it's also applying the data mm -hmm. and, and bringing it to life. And so that's really where, where that came from. Very cool. So Matthew, I had a chance to look at your storytelling project. It was really interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, absolutely. Um, first off, I'd like to say thank you for having me today. Um, I'm very appreciative of this opportunity. And this digital storing project that I did for uh, Professor Asili, uh, I did my topic on the Salem Witch Trials. Um, I took this in Professor Asili's 15, or 1510 American History course. So that was starting from really the time of the colonial era up to the reconstruction period. So she, for this project, she allowed us to pick any topic in between that time frame, and I chose the Salem Witch Trials. Um, and really, as interesting as my topic was, I really enjoyed the digital storytelling because it's different as opposed to just writing a, a normal paper like this really allowed me to do the research aspect but allowed me to get video allowed me to get pictures it it really allowed me to be more creative with this project which i i really enjoyed um initially when she did assign it i will admit as a student i was um i'd never done a digital story before so i didn't know i didn't know what to expect from it right. But uh, I started doing this. The research component was just like it would be for a paper. But then you had that fun side afterwards where you got to just put it all together. And really, once you got all the information, the project was, I found it to be not only easy, but very, very interesting for me because I was relaying my information that I had learned. But I was also in the process when we presented these, I got to teach my fellow 
students uh, about this topic that I felt very interested about. So it was um, a very interesting experience for me, and I really, really enjoyed this project. That's great. So, and maybe you already answered this question, Professor Seely, but what about this project interested you in the teaching of history? Well, um, we all know as professors, you know, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to convey the information and to get students to um, learn about, such as Matt was saying, this wide breadth of information and knowledge from the beginning of colonizing the new world to the time of reconstruction. That's a lot of information, and I can't cover that, you know, in a semester. I mean, I try to, but it's like very hard. Right. That's a lot. <laughs> but um, but this project allowed me to delegate the the power of teaching to to the students, so that they can be the ones to, as Matt was saying, to teach the class. And um, you know, I could have had them do a paper, but I really thought that first of all, sometimes students don't necessarily, their, their work and their ability to comprehend different topics and whatnot doesn't flow through in a paper. Sometimes a paper doesn't, doesn't showcase what they learn and, and how they mm -hmm. learn it best. And so I thought this was a, a more hands-on approach. And I think with, you know, with the younger generation too, they're just so, they're so comfortable with technology. And my generation, I'm still I'm still learning, you know. I mean, I'm always coming up to you, Sarah, I know. <laughs> asking you for help on stuff. We're all still learning. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that um, what it in, what interested me um, most about how this project impacts and and helps me teach history is that I can delegate some of that power to my students so that they can teach each other. That's great. Yeah. You had mentioned Jonathan and Gary in uh, their support of the project, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, Professor Asili is referring to Jonathan Tarnai and Gary Arnask, who work in our learning commons, and that they they assisted you. What was, um, especially with this technical aspect of things, if someone's thinking of doing this with their students, how did what um, how did that whole thing uh, come about? And also, uh, I'm also interested in sort of the software side of it. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. So how did that? You said you wanted to do digital storytelling. So how did that how did that play out in terms of where do I get started? Oh, what do yeah. I do? Well, and that's a great question, Sarah. I I went online. I looked through YouTube. I noticed that so many young of the younger generation they're they're posting stuff on YouTube, you know, and they're they have this creative license of of you know telling a story. Uh, and I thought, wh what better way to tell a story than to to do a moving picture, you know, a moving picture, mm -hmm. but that involves too a lot of research and I can have Matt talk about his research, but you know, it's important that that um, when you do something like this, you have to, um, you're really, first of all, you're taking a big chance because you don't know how comfortable students are with technology, sure. you know, the different generations of mm -hmm. students, but you also don't know it how they can even begin a, a project of this nature. So I, I gave them... Um, guidelines. Um, I gave them sort of a blueprint of what's expected to, to formulate a title for their project. I, I gave them the ability to form objectives for what they wanted to get uh, other students in the classroom to learn. 
and um, and I, I gave them the ability to choose primary and secondary sources that they can showcase in their film. But to be honest, I, I just kind of went with it. I, I, I really, I felt like my, you know, as a teacher, your, your, your domain as a teacher can get stale, you know, you, you can get very stale. And so in order to re-energize a class, you've got to get out of that comfort zone and try something that you've never tried. And that's really why I decided to do that. And once I, re once I reached out to Gary and, and Jonathan, it was like easy. I mean, mm -hmm. it was so easy. Did they, um, was there specific software that they recommended to you? What did you end up using or what did most students yeah, most use? Most students used Adobe Spark and mm -hmm. um, some students did PowerPoint. Some students uh, chose to work directly with Gary and Jonathan uh, with what they have um, in, in their studios uh, at the beach. And um, so it was really sort of giving them the free reign to try out something different. So what software did you use? I used Adobe Spark. Um, okay. It was very, it was very easy to use. Uh, you don't have to pay for it. It is free. So I essentially, or any student, you can use it as a trial, and you have their free ones. It it just means it really comes with like less music, less options, but there's still a good amount there to work with, and it still has the same functions as another project. Um, uh, I did view, we had someone in our class who did work directly with uh, Gary and Jonathan, and I got to say, my biggest regret was not working with them and utilizing some of the technology they had, because, I mean, it was, it, it, it truly, it blew me away. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's incredible, the technology that we have here at this campus, and Anyone who does this project, I would highly encourage them to work directly with them because Adobe Spark, it was still an excellent tool to use, and um, I thought my projects came out very well, but I feel like I could have taken that next step if I would have met directly with them because they have a green screen there. Uh, they have better equipment for audio. Uh, they, they know more about this stuff, and really, if you go with them with the information and what you're trying to do, uh, I feel like that they really could come up with something spectacular, as they did with um, the student who did it in Professor Silly's class. So, but Adobe Spark was still it worked very well for me, and I really enjoyed it. I thought the project looked great in Adobe Spark too, and I just wanted to clarify too for the audience that uh, Professor Silly and Matthew are referring to the beach. Um, which is a center we have at the West Shore campus. It is a sandbox. It's called the beach because it's a, sort of a sandbox for uh, playing with technology. And there is a green screen, as Matthew mentioned, and some high-tech equipment. Um, but Adobe Spark seems like it. I mean, you did a great job on your on yours, and that's something that you don't need all that professional equipment for, too. So there's benefits for both. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's just what you, I mean, that's the beauty of what Professor Silly has to do. It's really up to you what you want to do with it. Um, I mean, also part of it, too, was time constraints. Um, I really, like, I, I work outside of my time at uh, here at Tri-C, so my time does get a little bit busier. Sure. But, um, I mean, yeah, as you said, I mean, like Adobe Spark, you can still absolutely create a wonderful project. And uh, really with the, the majority of the students in our class, they use Adobe Spark as well. And, I mean, their projects turned out uh, very good as well. So it it's really just – it's really up to the student and, like, how far they want to go with it. But mm -hmm. using Adobe Spark is no setback. You can still do an excellent job of presenting your information there and putting something – uh, very good together. Good.
good. And Matthew, you may have already really answered this question, but what did you like about this project as opposed to maybe a more traditional assignment like a paper, as Professor Celia was mentioning? Well, I'm I I'm a history major, so for me, okay. I still, regardless if I do a paper or if I do a um, or if I do a digital story, I still really like the information and learning about the subject. So that part still really interested me. But with the digital story itself, what I liked was being able to it, put my information together in a more uniform way, I guess. Because in a paper, everyone, as Professor Asili said before, everyone has their different styles of writing. And so what sounds good for one student, it's going to sound different from another. But in a digital story, it really allows you to express yourself more. You get to hear it. You get to put the music you want in, the images that you want. It just It's a better way to express your information. It's a more interesting way um, than, I mean, papers are interesting too, but really a digital story, it just, it brings it to life more. So being able to look for these pictures, get the music, I thought that that was the most fun element of it right there. Because really once I had the information, that was the, that's, once you have that, it's just easy to do. You just go look for the pictures. In Adobe Spark, I had um, a I used one of their horror themed for the music because I did the Salem Witch Trials, <laughs> so I was going for something dark in the background. But they have they have other different generic types that you don't even have to go out and download your own own song. Like they just have the same beat playing throughout, and it creates a nice melody melody in the background. Yeah, so. That's nice. Um, yeah, really just being able to look for these pictures and getting the music to really just tie it all together was what I really enjoyed most about this project. What did you find challenging about it? Initially starting off uh, using Adobe Spark, we, our class, we were all kind of in the same boat um, as, as and Professor Silly too. We were all just trying to learn, so we were all talking with each other, and we eventually, what one student did we what they didn't do we all kind of like went back and forth with each other on what worked what didn't work mm -hmm. so it it is challenging at first um the recording was probably the most challenging thing because with adobe spark what you have to do is you have to hold down the microphone button while you record but for mm -hmm. a lot of us we didn't know that first so Ooh. we'd be clicking it and there's also a timer adjustment that they have so it can go as high as 30 seconds but no higher than that so if you go over 30 seconds it'll stop at 30 seconds so oh, okay. uh, the, it was just those little details that like we really didn't know at first but um once we once we started collaborating with each other um really we were just like wow this is really easy to do just sit there hold it down put your pictures in play the music in the background and adjusting the music volume as well because mm -hmm. if you have the music loud you don't want to be too loud, but you also don't want to be too soft. Like you need it sure. to be heard in the background. But um, I feel like for some, a few of the projects that we had, um, a few of the students like talked a little quieter, and the music overtook that, which which isn't a bad thing because again, we are we were all just learning in this. Right. But um, that's just the little things right there because they do have the music volume adjustments. So just those little things to look for for anyone who decides to use Adobe Spark, definitely. Uh, make sure you're adjusting the timers, holding it down, and looking at the music volume, so. Okay, okay, good. Uh, how, how did this project, do you think, how do you think it deepened your learning of history? Um, it really, just being able to sit there, well, learning from it, doing my project itself was 
I learned about really, I felt what I would have with a paper as well, because the research component in this project didn't change. You're still sure. going looking for the primary sources, the secondary sources. So that's where the bulk of your learning is. But as opposed to peer reading someone else's paper, listening to someone explain the information who has taken the time to research it, uh, look into it and talk about it, um, that just, it really brings to light the subject a lot more and it it's so it's just so much better to learn about the subject because on a paper you're just reading you're just reading words off a of paper i mean but in the story you get to hear the inflection of the voice you get to hear the students that um, most of them were pretty passionate about their topic so you get to hear that excitement in them but also you're hearing it it would be like me listening to a pro professor silly lecture in class i mean i'm I do better learning when I hear someone else like uh, talk to it. So really, when you have the students do that, it brings that element too. But it's also it's also more fun because I mean, you these are people you sit next to in class that you talk to sometimes. You don't always hear them talk, so it's interesting to hear them uh, talk about their subject instead of just reading it off a of paper. And might I just add, you yeah. know, Matt is such a model student. It's not every day I get students who are majoring in history and are really passionate about history. And um, and so uh, Matt's approach to to uh, finding his sources and, you know, he, he has a certain level of maturity where he knows, you know, what sources will work, what sources won't work. Um, he, he took the time to really look into that stuff. Not every student really takes the time to, you know, find the right sources. And I mean, you saw the video, mm -hmm. Sarah, so you saw that he That's did, great. he put a lot of research into yeah. it. You know, it's, it's, he definitely did the work. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I've had students, you can tell they did not do the work. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. unfortunately, there's not much I can give you because there was not much you could give me in that, right. in that, right. in that opportunity. Exactly. So, okay. Yeah. Great. So it sounded like, from what you're saying, Matthew, there was a sharing component to the assignment as well, Professor Asili. So that was, mm -hmm. that was part of it. After the students completed, the work everyone got to see each other's work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, we, um, uh, Professor Silly, it was like the last two class periods of the semester. We, it was very relaxed. We sat down in class and we just played each video. I think they were roughly about, you had the time limit set for about 10 minutes per video. It was like five, well, I gave you guys five to s five minutes and then yeah. there was time for questions afterwards. Mm. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, that was, it was very, it was a nice way to end the semester. Um, it was very relaxing, very enjoyable, as I said, about getting to uh, learn it. But yeah, that sharing component was definitely being able to present it. Um, I feel like this project would have been kind of like a paper if uh, Professor Sully would have just said, hand me in the flash drives, uh, you know, I'll, I'll review them on my own time. But right. it's, it's just more fun that way. And it's also unique, too, because we, I mean, again, from a student's perspective, naturally, you're going to be nervous when you're, like, presenting or something like that. But this is already recorded, so you're just kind of sitting back, you know, you get to chuckle a little bit about, you know, hearing your voice and hearing this information parlayed. But again, I thought everyone did a fantastic job with it, and it was just a fantastic way to end the semester and really get to learn more about some topics that we might not necessarily have talked about in class as well. So Yeah, that's great. And how did, from your perspective, Professor Asili, how do you, um, how did it, 
I don't know, did it change student learning for you? Do you think this project maybe deepened student learning from your perspective? What, what did you notice? Yeah, I think that students, as Matt was saying, um, were able to, you know, what I had them do actually is critique each other's work, say what were the strengths of, of, of the, the digital story that they w witnessed and what were some of the, the weaknesses, just, you know, to kind of positively critique that student, give them, give them a little bit of a fair share of, of what others thought of it. Um, I think overall, I mean, students did very well on this project. I think the grade, the, not only the grade, but the, the, the deepening of learning, um, you could tell that, uh, that they did their homework, that they did their, uh, their research. And I mean, I just love doing this project. I really enjoy it. If I could do it for all of my classes, I would, but I kind of feel I do have to kind of mix it up a little bit and try sure. different things. Yeah. Um, this semester, uh, Matt's in my other class this semester, and he's uh, going to be interviewing a veteran and doing an oral history. So I'm trying to find a way, again, like I said, to apply history, make it applicable so that students realize when they're taking a history class, it's not just about sitting back and listening to the lecture. They're, they're a part of making history happen. So it's, it's a very it's a very powerful thing, and I, and I love giving, giving them the license and the creativity to, to do that. I love that. I also, too, with them not only creating this project, that's a very, obviously, that's the highest level of Bloom's taxonomy. And then they're also, I have to <laughs> give a shout out to Bloom's. <laughs> yeah, give a shout out to Bloom's. And then they're also evaluating mm -hmm. each other in the critique. That, so that's the, you know, that's the next level down. That's really great to be working at those, at those levels in this project that, yeah. That's great. So if someone uh, listening were interested in um, trying digital storytelling for the first time, what sort of um, tips do you have for them or advice or how to get started kinds of things? Do you have any Well, um, I would advice? recommend if, if they want to, they can always reach out to me. I can mm -hmm. give them sort of a blueprint of how I started mine. Mm -hmm. I can give them sort of the guidelines of my project. But um, I think a great way is to sort of, you know, it's kind of like the Wild West, you know, go and <laughs> discover on your own, uh, be, be an adventurer and go online and check out what's out there and um, use your sense of judgment to decide what, what would work well for your class. And then reach out to your technology specialists on the campus, uh, reach out to your CLE or to the beach, um, you know, to, to sort of um, find a way to to materialize what what your ideas are and I, I i think i think anything is possible when we have that spirit of adventurism going out and trying something new and give, giving our students a chance to thrive when you know um when when we're not sure if it's gonna work but it's worth trying you know yeah i love that and the, just to clarify, the CLE is the teaching and learning center that we have here at uh, Cuyahoga Community College. Those are great. Those are great tips. In terms of the learning of the um, actual software, it sounds like I know Matthew, you use Adobe Spark, and it sounds like a lot of your classmates did as well, based on how you were talking about it. Yes, it did. Okay. Was that something? Um, how was that a? A hurdle for you at all for either for you Matthew or for you Professor Asili did you do any sort of special training on the software or did you have students really just sort of figure it out <laughs> I'll let Matt answer this one <laughs> we that might be a concern for folks <laughs> we just kind of went on in um 
Uh, with Adobe Spark, when you go to their platform, there is a brief video they have that explains all their features. Um, it's it's very brief. It's about five ten minutes because really with uh, the basic one that they offer, that the free one being, um, there's really like not a lot that you like. I'm not saying that you can do with it, but it's like just enough that you can work with it. So it's like really. Uh, I would say watching that video like definitely helped, but um, really, again, I mean, there's, it's just, it was the little things at first, but like once we got to learn them, then it was easier. But um, definitely watching that video on Adobe Spark, their intro to it definitely helped us a lot. So, okay, yeah, and it's a pretty easy tool. I've used it too, not a lot, but I'd say that there's a pretty low learning curve. Oh it yeah, seems that way to me. At least. Absolutely, yeah. So that's good. Good. And then your teaching and learning center also can suggest they may yes. have other suggestions of other software that's maybe equally easy to, to use as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Anything else that we should know? Uh, maybe <laughs> maybe let's see any challenges that that you came across that you thought, oh, I wish I had known this before I started down this road. Anything that, you know, it I sounds think, pretty successful. This. Well, it. <laughs> I think, I, as I was saying before, Sarah, it's all a matter of trying it out. And, yeah. you know, I'm not a huge, I'm not huge on technology, but I don't want to keep my students from thriving with what they're accustomed to and comfortable with. So, you know, um, if they did come across any technical issues, um, you know, I, I, I could have easily have just told them to go to Gary or Jonathan. They would have known what to do. But I... I think the, the hardest part of this project is really finding your sources. It's doing the research. It's, you know, what do you want to convey? What do you want your students, what do you want the class to leave with on this topic? And history is a powerful subject, you know? I mean, if you don't know history, you're kind of walking around aimlessly without knowing where you're going because you got to know where you, you've been before you know where to go. And so I think um, just, giving them the, the free license and the creativity to choose a good topic in history and go with it. I, it was it was a lot of fun. Great. Any final uh, words from you, Matthew? There, don't, there doesn't need to be, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to give some advice to anyone who does want to use this tool. Don't be afraid to play around with it at first. Um, again, that's what a lot of us in the class did, but also really collaborate with the other people who you're who are doing the project as well. Um, that doesn't mean you have to work together, but it just means, you know, talk about what they're doing, uh, what their approach is, how your approach is. Um, definitely Adobe Spark is an excellent tool I would recommend. However, again, depending on the person, uh, I feel like I, I would have enjoyed it too if I would have been able to sit down with uh, Gary and Jonathan to work here at the campus. But overall, I just, I love this project. Um, I've had Professor Asili for, uh, this is my third class now, and it's the third different type of project, and I like that she's mixing that up as well because it's um, it's just not the same. It's not the same each semester. It's a, it's a little bit different each time, and I, I like that unique approach to it. So um, definitely good luck to anyone who does do them. And again, just don't be afraid to play around. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a learn, trial, trial and error kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So... Very good. Any final thoughts from you, Professor Asili? No, I, I will say, Sarah, thank you for having us on today. And um, hopefully this will uh, motivate 
professors to to explore, you know, and not be afraid to try something different and go with it. Great. On that note, thank you both for being here. This was a great conversation to learn more about digital storytelling for history and making history come alive through using technology. And I appreciate your time. Thanks. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.